This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Let's talk a little bit about technology. A new pair of earbuds is taking assistive technology to another level. It's developed by Naki Logics. Users can control a wide range of devices through subtle movements and gestures. Time Magazine called it one of the best inventions of 2023. Dave Siegel is here to tell you more. Dave is the Chief Innovation Officer for Naki Logics. Hey, Dave, thank you for making a little bit of time this morning. Oh, Dave, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So a couple Daves cutting it up here, having a conversation. What inspired you to create these line of earbuds? What's some of the backstory here? I think one of my earliest inspirations is a friend of mine that I have. Uh, his name's Keith. He's probably what one would consider a more severe quadriplegic. Uh, when he was 18, he broke his neck and his pelvic bone. It's senior week, uh, fell off a roof and uh, shattered his pelvic bone so bad that it, even if he sits upright and gets strapped to a chair, he gets such an immense pain response uh, that he could only be out of bed, really, for, I'd say, about 20 minutes for each meal, so three times a day. So uh, he's been there for about 32, 33 years, so he lays in bed prone face down, they've cut a hole in his mattress so he could breathe, almost like a massage chair in a way, uh, where he could see media and TV. Uh, and uh, he told me that, hey, Dave, you're one of the last stops before I opt for one of these brain implants. And uh, I took that as a very, very powerful motivator to help not only improve the life of, of uh, Keith, but for millions around uh, the world like him that suffer from uh, quadriplegia and other uh, uh, challenges. So going a little bit deeper into the earbuds, how would a user end up uh, using them? What, what's the user experience like? Well, the user experience is it almost functions as any other pair of traditional smart earbuds, with the exception of it scans and looks for different electrical signals of your head and face. So if you were to uh, raise your eye or flex your jaw, it creates an electrical response for that particular gesture. Uh, we use those electrical signals then to detect that, almost like if you say, hey, Siri, or hey, Google, or Alexa. Uh, what that does, it detects a signal and pulls the user into what we call our invisible user interface, which I think could be best described as almost an invisible Rubik's Cube in a way, where every small cube that makes up the Rubik's Cube is like very similar utility as an icon. Uh, from there, you could either do another gesture uh, or tilt your head or blink an eye. It selects that particular cube, and that a particular cube can have X number of per, you know procedures, functions, executions, API code into surrounding devices. Uh, and one of those, by the way, is PC control. So I knew I wanted to create a whole new type of neural interface that would allow somebody to not only use a computer, because that's been done before, but be productive. Mm. Uh, and currently, uh, a user, when they, when they select that particular function, has a full command and control of a PC, Windows, 
browsing the internet, typing natively uh, up to, I'd say, 45 characters per minute natively with you know no predictive texting logic. And when you have predictive word selections, it's quite a bit faster and the ability to play contemporary games. And I saw that you're showing the video here uh, of me flying a a simulated Boeing 737 in a top tier flight simulator, because I thought while competitive neural uh, technologies were demonstrating the ability, you know, to make a Twitter post or to play games like Pong, we wanted to set an entirely new bar uh, for the world. And I, you know, I get asked all the time, well, why fly a 737 with a neural earbud? What's the point? And my point is, if I can control a simulated Boeing 737 and a top-tier flight simulator. Suffice it to say, all of your listeners can control absolutely anything. It's the ultimate equalizer. I mean, that is really impressive. You were, you're literally shooting for the sky with that one. There's, there's no doubt uh, in terms of using that kind of maximum case. I, I want to backtrack a little smidge here, and apologies if this is getting a little too deep in the weeds. Uh, I'm a little bit of a Luddite sometimes. How much uh, control does the user have over customization to sort of pick what gesture will do what? Well, that was one of my primary concerns, because if we were to release a technology that somebody had to hire a technologist to set up, we failed. So we have a core piece of software called Naki Hub that allows you to configure that so-called invisible Rubik's Cube. And we set it up in a way where we provide a menu of predefined functions. Uh, a user can click and drag a particular function on top of any particular cell. And then from there, they get a pop-up to define whatever it is they need or whatever action that they want to define. So it's a code-free environment, click and drag. Um, so uh, I think the learning curve of this, if somebody has, I'd say anywhere from uh, anywhere high beginner to intermediate uh, computer uh, skills, they should be able to get running with everything, I'd say within an hour for sure. I want to come back to you and your process. What was the development process go going through this, developing these earbuds? What was this like for you and your team? What, what does that process look like? What technologies are you leveraging? Well, it's a, it's a fusion of a number of different technologies. Uh, my background really spawned from uh, brain-computer interface science. Uh, and for the listeners that are familiar with that, most of uh, the projects or technologies that come out of that have to do with mu rhythms that were originate from the motor cortex. And those particular brain waves are in charge of imagined movement. So I would just say if somebody has a bottle of water in front of them or a cup of coffee this morning, and if you stare at it and try to move it with your mind, you know, if we had you all strapped up uh, to uh, various EEG sensors with some biotraining, we can extrapolate you know, almost like if you're Skywalker in the Dagobah swamps where you're trying to telekinesis that cup uh, of coffee. I realized early on that uh, it wasn't universal. So in order to create a universal approach, we built in an IMU. So instead of imagining particular directions, we microgesturally pick them up. And what that means is just the slightest facial uh, uh, tilt to the left, tilt to the right, you know, up, down, and then very slight head rolls to the left and right, so small sometimes that it's almost unnoticeable to those around us. Secondly, we had to place uh, biosensors that could pick up EEG and EMG at very specific parts of the ear uh, that would fit most of society. And that was an industrial design challenge that was 
uh, it was quite heavy. And I'm so proud of the team to get to the point uh, where we've identified a design that does fit uh, most of society. And lastly, uh, we even have an inner ear air pressure sensor to detect changes in your inner ear that uh, occur when users are performing these subtle micro, uh, micro gestures. So you really have to fall into a rabbit hole to start using inner ear air pressure to control devices. But we use a combination and a blend uh, of all of that. The earbuds, the Naki earbuds are not quite available on the market just yet. What's the timeline before uh, customers can get their hands on them? Well, it's, it, it should be definitely this coming year. Uh, we're trying so hard, by the way, as a startup, and if any of your listeners are entrepreneurs, they would understand this, that we're trying to minimize risk. We currently have 23 patents around the world for the technology, and it's our first strategy, I would say, to partner uh, with major head-based wearable uh, OEMs and manufacturers mm -hmm. to license this technology to all the global smart earbud manufacturers, and that way an entire market becomes accessible and inclusive. Built this into the footprint of a smart earbud, it could really be built into any head-based wearable. One of the biggest 800-pound gorillas, I, I would say, uh, within the accessibility market is AR, VR, MR, XR, all these augmented reality, virtual reality headsets. None of them really provide any kind of, in my personal opinion, acceptable experience for those who have limited to no mobility below the neck uh, because they all require hand controllers and voice recognition does not navigate you properly through uh, a virtual reality uh, experience. I think what we've built, uh, we'll do that. And I think, again, uh, it'll be the ultimate uh, uh, equalizer per se within that market. Dave, I can tell that you and your colleagues are putting a lot of brain power and a lot of passion into this. You just mentioned the augmented reality and virtual reality and maybe some of the mix in between that's going to exist and really continue to emerge here over the course of the next decade. How hopeful are you about that space? What do you, how, or I, I should even phrase this differently. How do you perceive that space and technolo technological development in that space moving forward uh, for users as it becomes more commonplace? Because obviously, you have found a niche here in regards to accessibility, even what I would call sort of the biomedical uh, space. How how do you perceive the overall industry when it comes to H uh, AR, VR, MR, take your pick? Oh, that's a great question. And first of all, um, we have found a niche within accessibility and inclusive uh, inclusivity. However, that's only because we want to help those who need help first and foremost. You know, by helping my friend Keith control a computer, I would say efficiently and with productivity, by default, I think we create a neural interface for the rest of humanity that could be applied to uh, AR, VR, uh, XR, uh, possibly esports, gaming, the ability to shoot where you're looking while playing Call of Duty so my nephew can't just knife me uh, every <laughs> single time. It's going to be the ultimate uh, leveling or ultimate equalizer for, for adults who want to play games who get... Uh, just dominated by kids. So my feelings with the AR, VR sector, by the way, I think there's huge promise there. Some of the challenges, I think, uh, are that of any head-based wearable as far as the user experience. Uh, also, what many of your listeners might experience within the accessibility market, uh, it, it comes up all the time within industrial settings with AR. 
for instance, if you're climbing a, a smokestack somewhere, you're in a, a very heavy industrial area where you're wearing protective gloves, possibly protective gear, you might be near a wind turbine or something uh, of the like. It's super hard to poke, prod, swipe, uh, AR glasses frames, and impossible to hold hand controllers for mixed reality and things of that nature. And I think for those types of en environments, we provide quite an elegant solution. So therefore, uh, I think the utility of those entire sectors uh, could only widen. Dave, this has been a fantastic conversation. Congratulations on the recognition and success so far with Naki. Best of luck here uh, getting to market and finding these partnerships. And uh, stay in touch. Keep us posted. I'd love to catch up with you Will again do. down the road. Thank you so much for having me. That's Dave Siegel, Chief Innovation Officer at Naki Logics. For more information, you can visit nakilogics.com. I'm going to spell that out for you. It's N A Q I L O G I X.com. Nakilogics.com. N A Q I L O G I X.com. Coming up after the break. Michael McNeely. Oh, no, we're doing the weather here? Okay, my apologies. My apologies. Uh, coming up in 60 seconds, Alex Smythe is going to have the weather story of the day. In fact, I'm so rattled. Let's just bring in Alex right now for the weather story. <laughs> Dave Brown can't keep track of his own script. Uh, Alex Smythe, what's going on in the weather world? Dave, you just had a great conversation, so you're, you're so enamored by it. So, for weather, let I was talking yesterday about a system moving into Ontario, bringing soggy weather. Today, we're looking at the prairies, and specifically last night and yesterday, there was a system starting. It brought that freezing rain, those wet, soggy conditions. In the evening, that turned into snow. So parts of Manitoba, especially in the southern region around Winnipeg, saw upwards of 15 centimeters of snow. Well, that system is continuing to move through that region, so Saskatchewan and Manitoba are both experiencing some light snow this morning as it makes its way through. And so it will be moving through today. The positive thing is for the region, like Winnipeg, Regina, Saskatoon, you're going to be experiencing a nice, bright, sunny uh, start in um, uh, weekend uh, conditions. So there'll be lots of sunshine to enjoy, warmer weather. But that means a system, as it continues to move eastward, will start to impact Ottawa, the central eastern parts of Ontario, as the week moves on. Luckily, in the GTA, we're set to avoid it, so it will be sunny conditions near us as well, Dave. Uh, always got to bring in that GTA thing, got to brag <laughs> to the rest of the country. Okay, now I can tell you what's coming up after the break. The Kane Mutiny Court Martial is a legal drama that you can find on Paramount+. Plus. And you can find entertainment critic Michael McNeely with a review in just about two minutes. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.